0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning and happy new year. Today we are celebrating the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River by his crazy-haired, camel-skin-wearing cousin, John the Baptist. Now, this is a familiar story because all of the evangelists talk about it in one way or another in their Gospels. The Gospel writer of Mark makes Jesus' baptism the very first thing, skipping all the birth stories altogether. Mark tells of Jesus' baptism in this breathless, fast-paced way, focusing really on the heavens being ripped apart and the Spirit coming down and immediately driving Jesus out into the wilderness to be tested. The Gospel of John, on the other hand, doesn't even mention the physical details of Jesus' water bath in the Jordan. And that author chooses instead to only focus on the Spirit descending and alighting on Jesus. But St. Matthew's telling of Jesus' baptism is pretty detailed, on the other hand. Before our reading we hear this morning, we are told of John's ministry among the sinners. We're told of his colorful ways. And in a real way, we are a little unsettled by what John has to say. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. But when Jesus actually shows up to the Jordan River, he didn't really end up looking all that scary at all, did he? And he wasn't juggling fire or carrying dangerous weapons. He was just a humble, gentle carpenter from the backwaters of Judea, whom God had chosen and sent as his own beloved son. He was the one upon whom the spirit would rest and through whom God would work God's healing in the world. But the question this morning for us is why was Jesus even there in the first place? John's baptism was for the repentance of sins, just like he said. And he attracted some pretty notorious sinners to his spot on the river. There were thieves and extortionists, religious snobs, cheats of all kinds, white-collar criminals, and people who had simply made a lot of bad choices along the way were hoping for this new start. But why was Jesus there? By all accounts, Jesus' life was different, declared to be sinless. And that set him apart from everybody else in the area, in the world. The gospel writers are adamant to point out that Jesus didn't have any reason to repent and be baptized. But still, all the gospel writers, in one way or another, admit that Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Some people feel that maybe Jesus should have come in and taken over the family business. But instead, Jesus got in that same line as every other sinner and submitted to that same cleansing ritual that everyone else was embracing. He didn't stand back on the sidelines looking holier than thou. And he wasn't really interested in grabbing any power or notoriety at all. It seems that Jesus was more interested in following God's way wherever that led, whether that meant to the muddy waters of the Jordan River or eventually to a cross outside of Jerusalem. So when Jesus arrives at the Jordan River to where John is baptizing all of the people, John and Jesus engage in this friendly but pretty intense theological debate about who should be baptizing who. John finally gives in, baptizes Jesus, and immediately that becomes apparent that that was the correct thing to do because the heavens literally open and something beautiful like this white bird comes down directly from God and anoints Jesus. And we hear this voice, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Can you imagine that? What an affirmation, what acceptance. If you're like me, these are the words you long to hear. Just to hear that you're loved and accepted, that your very person is pleasing to someone, especially to God, would meet a great spiritual need. And these beautiful words came to Jesus from heaven itself what had Jesus done that was so pleasing to God? This was the very beginning of his call to public ministry, and the only thing he had really done so far was to say yes to God. But we know that is no small thing. And perhaps the one thing that's even more important for us is that Jesus had joined humankind in the waters of the Jordan River. He didn't stay back. He didn't supervise from the bank. He joined all of humanity in the mud of the Jordan, and the response from heaven is pure pleasure. You are my beloved son, and I am very pleased. Many theologians have pointed out that these beautiful words actually proclaim something deeply powerful about Jesus' purpose on earth. If you look closely at the words, you are my beloved son, and with you I am well pleased, you discover that both of them are actually quotes from scripture. The beloved son part comes right out of Psalm 2, which is a coronation song for a king. And the second part with you I am well-pleased, comes from the prophet Isaiah, which we just heard read a few minutes ago. My chosen in whom my soul delights. These words are part of a very important description of God's suffering servant, who will heal the world not by force, but by sacrificial love. And The incredible thing is, if you put these two together, a beloved king, and a suffering servant, you end up with a wonderful description of who Jesus is and what his purpose among us actually will be. In fact, this whole baptismal scene is almost like a press conference declaring Jesus' life and ministry and what it will be all about. Jesus is the servant king. The baptism of Jesus by John is a window into what God is doing in Jesus. It's this liminal moment in which an ordinary carpenter from Galilee embraces the life of God by entering the muddy waters of the Jordan River. And when he emerges from those waters, he's no longer just a carpenter. He has become God's person in this new and wonderful way. Of course, he is the same person, but his life is taking a new direction. John the Baptist said that his baptism was for repentance. And in a strange way, this is true for Jesus as well. His life is taking this turn, and that's the basic way to understand repentance, to turn around and go in a different direction, God's direction. So in a surprising way, Jesus did repent. He entered those waters, this peaceful, obscure peasant, and emerged from them a rabbi who would change the world. But the transformation that happens to Jesus is not just an isolated event. It's the same thing that happens to us in our baptism and in our common life of worship here each week. Just as Jesus' baptism made him God's person in the world, so claiming our own baptism makes each of us God's person in the world, God's public person. Our spiritual life is personal, but it's never private. We're baptized in public because we're intended to be God's people in public, in the world. When we confess our sins here, we don't simply confess our own personal sins, but we kneel and we talk to God about the sins of all humankind, all the damaging things that we as a people have done or have not done. We admit to all the ways we run from the love of God because we're sometimes so afraid to be known, to be changed to grow into the likeness of Christ. And when we celebrate and when we give thanks for the gift of new life that's in our midst, we don't only do that for ourselves either. We give thanks and we rejoice for all those who were lost and who have been found. We delight in all who have discovered hope in the midst of despair, light in the midst of darkness, Healing in the midst of pain and life in the very midst of death. The truth is, is that our spiritual practice is not meant to be a private matter just between us and God. It's meant to be good news for all of God's creation. Just like Jesus wading into the waters of the Jordan alongside all of humanity... So our worship is something we do in solidarity with all humankind. Christ entered the muddy waters of the Jordan because he desired to come to us where we are at, not demand that we come to him. And why did he do that? Because Christ loves us. That's why. Because he is so pleased with us and loves humanity enough to join us in the water and the mud and the mess of life. To join us in the flesh and show us God's ways in person. And what's more? We find that when we become God's person in the world. When we embrace what we believe to be this truthful and life-giving way of God, no matter how difficult, there are moments when we too will hear that voice clearly speaking to this those beautiful words. You are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved son. And with you, I am well pleased. Amen.